The views expressed on this Turnbuckle Tabloid live stream or Turnbuckle Tabloid podcast episode do not reflect the views, thoughts, or opinions of the RageWorks brand, including the RageWorks podcast network, RageWorks content partners, advertisers, and affiliates. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Yes, sir. You already know, man. The Jay George treatment on it. Uh, before we continue, I just need an ID from you. Uh, the typical promo stuff to say, yo, this is Jay George, and you're listening to Terminal you, Tabloid. I, yeah, I got you. I could also, I could also do one of Fred Hart. Uh, so yeah, we'll you, do. You could do a little bit of both. We'll do. Two, yeah, we'll do two. So we'll do. Uh, I'll do one. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Jay George. And you are listening to Turnbuckle Tabloid. Nice. Like that. Nice. That was good. And in your Bret Hart one. <clears throat> hey, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, guys. How you doing? This is WWE Hall of Famer Bret Hart. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Tabloid. They're the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. My God. It sounded <laughs> like he was in the room with me. Turnbuckle Tabloid. Three, two, one. And you're listening to the number one podcast in the world, and that's Turnbuckle Tabloid. Turnbuckle Tabloid cutting a promo. We were we were already talking about it, and I said it might as well because um, we got to rush out of here in a minute. We're going to Outlaw Wrestling tonight. Yeah, you're on. Yeah, yeah, yay. So um, WWE's 2K22. Pretty much it's going to be a bullshit. All right, wait. Why? Oscar. Why? Don't fuck this up for me. Don't fuck this no, up. I'm actually for excited me. for this year's game. Uh, hey, listen, it was what? Two years? Two and a half years? Yeah, in the, in the middle we had Battlegrounds. <laughs> Who the fuck played that? Did you I, play that? I, I paid 10 bucks for it. I no, played, you did it. it, it I'd rather pay 10 than fucking 50. You paid for that shit? Do you have, um, you have, um, 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 PSN? PlayStation Plus? Yeah. This shit came out free. Yeah, Ray got for free. <laughs> Ray, Ray got for free. He played it. He goes, "Yeah, no." <laughs> that's what I played for it. That's why. Yeah. That's how. That's how I got into it. I did one match. I said, "Fuck this shit." It's NBA playgrounds with WWE wrestlers. It's worse. <laughs> it's yeah, worse. At least NBA playgrounds was playable. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing with uh with two K twenty. I played Please. one played one match and said, "Fuck this." Yeah. I had um I had Matt play it. I was like, you got to do the review for it. So I'm not playing this shit. Mm. <laughs> he got mad. He's like, I'm not oh. gonna review this shit. Well, I'm getting. Well, I pre-ordered. I, I pre-ordered the NWO edition. Not, what? But yes. for what? What system? Two K twenty two for PS four. I couldn't get it. From where? The, the I, I paid it online. The PSN store. On the PSN store, you still oh, get it. Oh, 
okay, no, because at GameStop they were. They... <laughs> All right, let me let me give you the breakdown of, of what was going on with this shit. Okay, so I go to I go I saw the NWO version, right? Uh-huh. So I go okay, and matter of fact, you told you told me about it as well. And he was like, it's twenty. He was like, it's insane. It's one twenty, and I'm like. Yeah, I'm that dumb that I would pay for it. I'm that I'm that fucking guy. Mm-hmm. Look, look, I got the fucking like every every deluxe edition I get. Right, I have the the Ric Flair. I'm looking the, at the 2K20 thing you got from two years ago, the Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. That's that, he's worth 180 right now. Some shit like and, that. And that's again. That's a pre, that's a pre order again this year. Not the pop, but Hogan again. What do you mean? That's a character. NWO Hollywood Hogan is right, the pre right. so, order again. So I go in. So I go and I tell the guy. I said, "Oh, listen, because I already had put down for the deluxe, but I didn't know about the NWO version." So I go, "Oh, I oh, so, wanna- so, so you you think it was all the same, but it's different." No, 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 I didn't even know because the deluxe was the one that was announced first. So I went Correct. and I put it for the deluxe. Right. So I go to I go to GameStop and I go, "Oh, Wait, for which system? The PS4? Or PS4. PS4." So I go. I said, "Um." I said, there's another version that's out. I want to get it. And he goes, oh, which one? So I said, the NWO version. Oh, okay. It's only for PC. I said, no, it's not. No, but he said he's getting it for PS4. It's appeared for PS4. That's what I'm saying. So he goes, listen, if there's any issues, just come in on that day. Motherfucker, there is an issue. (laughs) No, I'm saying, and that's what I said. There is an issue because I want. The, the the end of it goes no, but you know if if there is a, another one, I said no because you guys only order what people ask for. Yeah, it's not going to be that you're going to automatically get it. So but, I'm going to be fucked. I want the yeah. so you know what's going to end up happening. I'm going to get the, the deluxe version, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to have to wait a month or two to get the fucking faction pack and all that shit and pay twenty bucks for it. Fucking assholes. <laughs> fucking GameStop. Never go. Never go there in person again. It's been it's been a decade for me. Yeah, why I, the f- I just gave you a gift card for fucking GameStop because winning the. Why did you tell you me that? Yeah, and use it. I'm saying going in the store is is a fucking nightmare. AJ AJ wins the Royal Rumble um uh um picks this year by luck by luck last minute fucking shit. Brock. <laughs> it felt perfectly. I won. <laughs> the la- and it's funny because the last two people I needed to add for it, they won. Yeah. It was him and, and Little Bit's daughter won. Right. So I'm like, uh, I-, I guess it was meant to be. It's fortuitous. Mm-hmm. So that's already my first hiccup with the uh, the WWE. Just pre-ordering the game. Yeah, that, that was already my first hiccup. Um, we are already getting now. I uh, the One thing that I said is that I don't have to wait till the 11th. I get it on the, on the 8th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I can say. I'm, I'm 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 comfortable with. I'm fine with that. Now there's the um, issues in which people are are well. Well, let's go with the pros and cons of it first of all. How many wrestlers are already listed? Uh, over 150. That's that's a lot. And that uh, and like 35 of them yeah. are released. But that's okay because they're still gonna get checks anyway, so it don't matter. Mm. Unless you hear somebody bitch about it on Twitter saying I'm not. No, they will. They're gonna bitch about something. They're gonna bitch about something about their checks. Not even nothing. Half of them are like, "Wait, we're in the game." Yeah. <laughs> they, they probably they probably they didn't get that part when they got the release. I was watching the uh, the the, the, yeah, the you post on her, on her um made a post on her YouTube saying, "Hey, just just for everybody, can you double check this? It shows her screenshot of her in the game and the screenshot of Reckoning. She has two fucking. She'll get two checks." No, just one, I assume. Why would that be? It's two gimmicks. I would want one it, fucking two checks for that. In WWE logic, it's not the same person. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, Reckoning is, I mean, uh, not Reckoning, um, uh, uh, 
No, she's gonna get. She's gonna get like one check. That's all she's gonna get. I don't know. Keith Lee is in. Oh, he's in it. Yeah, I could, okay. I could go through the list of, of who got released, who's in the game. I told um, I told I told Mike. I uh, said, Billy Kay's in. Okay, uh, Billy Kay. Cesaro, who just left, is in the game. Uh, Danny Birch, Drew Gulak, who got fired twice. Elias, who isn't on TV. Ember Moon, uh, Fandango, Grand Metalik, who's at seventy nine. Kalisto's in, and he's at 74. Kalisto's at 74. They were mad at him. Isaiah Swerve Scott is in, and he, in the game, he's default North American champion. Uh, Jeff Hardy, Jake the Snake Roberts, who's affiliated with AEW. Uh, well, he's still, I, was he still tied to a Legends deal with him or no? I No, I don't think so. Uh, that's weird. Gi- Giant that's Gargano. A, that, that's confusing. Giant Gargano's in, Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, Kyle O'Reilly. Lana, Lindsay Dorado, um, Mickey James, Murphy, uh, Nia Jax, Oni Lorcan. Which, by the way, Peyton what Royce, a hun that bitch is. Who? Um, Nia Jax. Her fucking comment this past week. She's terrible. Oh, she's disgusting. Oh, what a fucking uh, hun. Reckoning, Mia Yim, uh, Samoa Joe. Which I'm happy for. He's in the so game. is retribution in it? Like the whole thing? Slapjack is in. Oh. Yeah. Who's Shane, who's Shane Thorne? Uh, Tegan Knox, the Brian Kendrick, Timothy Thatcher's in, Tony Storm, fucking Tucker from Heavy Machinery is uh-huh. in. Really? Yeah. And, he was cut. He, like, wow. And William Regal is a playable character. Oh, okay. William Regal is an 85. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him as my. Oh, uh, and Tyler Breeze. I'm gonna make yeah. I'm gonna make um, William Regan my GM. With that my with that with that shitty fucking um, I, I'm already mad at that fucking. Like, that. I'm, I'm like maybe a, oh, yeah. and Ro- and Road Dog Jesse James is in. I'm already mad at that shitty fucking um, GM mode. I'm already yeah, pissed at that. Trash, honestly, no, it's a lot trash. Three matches. Um, three matches. Um, five for. Pay-per-views or WrestleMania, yeah, whatever the fuck. Really so notable names that are, are missing of the, of the game are Bray Wyatt, Adam Cole, Alistair Black, EC3. Um, There's a pattern there. Uh, Matt Hardy. There's a pattern there. Yeah. But it, um, Daniel Bryan. Oh, there's and, definitely a pattern there. And think of somebody else. Uh, Everyone who's been Lita. successful. And Lita, who's not in the game. Alita. Alita she's nah, she'll probably be a DLC she'll later. Be, yeah, be, uh, so but other characters are the more. <laughs> but yeah. characters more than logic are going to be DLC. Are going to be Ilya Dragunov, uh, MSK. Oh, Dragunov is there. He's oh, not in the game. Fuck. He, Walter, he, is he in the game? Walter's in. But the thing is, they is don't. He Gunther? They, <laughs> but here's the thing: they don't show him on the official page because they have this. They have the. They show the. There's two different. Uh, pages like I'm looking at the list with all the names, mm. but on the on the official site they show the pictures of the only current guys. Walter isn't on there because they changed his fucking name, so it's like Gunther. Yeah. Uh, no, but well, why would you want to change his fucking name in the game? Walter's rating is an they 86. They will do it. Uh, watch, it'll be a patch and they'll change his shit. Uh, Walter yeah. is an 86 in the game actually, which is not bad. Yeah, I um I have I have a feeling that that. Uh, oh, Bobby Fish is also missing too. So, but again, I nobody gives a shit. <laughs> but just that, but Kyle O'Reilly is the only one st- still in the game. 
They liked him. Yeah. Roger Strong, yeah, he has yeah, his diamond they, mine gear. They they liked him. That's what it was. Yeah. Now now here's the shit. Braun Breaker might be DLC too. Now, now here's the shit. Oh, oh, oh by the way, Almost and Commander Aziz, who's been on TV for for the past year, are not in the game. Commander Aziz? Oh, okay. no. They're probably gonna be DLC. Oh, okay. Almost and, and Aziz. Now now here's the shit. Now here <laughs> Now we already see that you know they're petty you see as a fuck. You see that they're petty as fuck. I think Bray Wyatt has. I think Bray Wyatt one is a legal issue. That and the think, fact that I think it's going to be a lot of money I, I think, for him. I think Bray fought to like if you're not going to have me in the company, don't have me in the game. Yeah, but there's a lot of money with him. No there's a lot of time. No fiend. There's yeah. no fiend. You can probably have the this, this is a gear is probably in the game. I wonder if they have his interest in it. Probably. Yeah. It's probably like it's probably, it's probably you can under, use a less Alexa Bliss issue. It's probably it's probably under it's like a special name, right? Like, like supernatural entrance. Yeah, right. Thing. When they do that that kind of shit. Yeah. I've been playing. Um, like, oh, it's the mood. It's great Muda. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, like you know those entrances where it's like the, the hardcore icon, yeah. and you're like, okay, uh, it's, it's a sexy, foley, it's sexy either- diva. Yeah. It's always like some shit like that. Dirty slut. Yeah. <laughs> Olympic, uh, Olympic gold zombie. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like some shit like that. But what are you saying? No, that um on 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 a couple of levels. Number one, it, it it's. Do you actually care about the roster who's in the game? No. Well, well, you know what? To a certain extent. Kind of, because I was telling you that I said that anybody who's been let go, I'm going to start my own promotion with them. Right. (laughs) I'm going to remove remove NXTs on Tuesday on Universe Mode, and I'm just going to make fucking that promotion. I'm going to do my own shit there. I'm going to make Project fucking... uh, I'm going to make Project Codename Wrestling. I'm going to do that. Or just do turnbuckle promotions or yeah, so, something like that so, now, something. Right now with my own logo up there and shit like yeah. that. Turnbuckle tabloid wrestling, TB, uh, TBTW or some shit. Nope. More than likely, they're going to be DLC. Yeah. Like Choppa's in currently. The only ones that I would want to use would be Carmelo Hayes, Ron Baker. Yeah, Carmelo Hayes could be Carmelo Hayes could be in the game. Yeah. Like Dexter Loomis is in. Indy Hartwell isn't. I'm, she's not? Indy Hartwell is not. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna be DLC. Well, Candice is in. Johnny's in. Candice is in. But Johnny's in. No, no. Johnny's in. Johnny Gargano's in. He's in. He just he made really. Remember, he only left in December. Right. That's interesting. But you see, that's the other thing too. Because I would sit there and think that the easiest things would be was like, I mean, I know it's last minute, but from the last cuts, well, not the the last the the last last cuts, the one before that. Yeah. You could at least oh, cut yeah, them off. Is still in. You could at least cut them off, and then you could have shifted that mm-hmm. to make the fucking GM better. Yeah. Jesus, you're gonna fucking I, I, make I, that better. I mentioned Tony Storm is in, right? Is Tony, she? Yeah, Tony Storm's in. Holy shit! Yeah, T Bar Mace. I'm gonna make Shimmer. I'm gonna just make all the women. I'm gonna just make a Shimmer promotion. The lowest character overall in the game currently is Eric Bischoff at 69. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. ah! I saw what they yeah. did there. Uh. Ah, hot lesbian action! I do like that. Ah, I, I, I do like there. what the legends that they actually demorphed their faces made them like, when they age them to like what their age was with the current model before they're like decrepit. Like, 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 like when you play the Undertaker and he looks like a, like an old grandpa in his like 2010 attire, right? Like that does that's not a thing anymore. Oh, okay. I'm um. Which, by the way, his, that's the match. Like Undertaker 2010 against Rey Mysterio. That's in the showcase. Okay, let me ask you. What? What? What is? All right. We you hear all the roster shit. You hear about all the. the you see the, the showcase the matches. You hear all the shit, right? Yeah. What was the? All right, we already know what was the biggest problem with 20, 
right? Off it. Right. Can't play. What was the problem with 19? Nothing. I think 19 was probably one of the better ones. You think so? I didn't play 19. So. No? You didn't? All right. I, get I, out. I, I, I <laughs> 16. Okay. A- Why? Okay, well, that's fair. But you buy fucking the show every year. <laughs> I mean, the show doesn't change their story mode or my career, don't they? Do they? What the show? Yeah, like like what's the, what's the selling point for the show? And I'll be the show's the same shit every. That's fucking what I'm saying. Year. Like, what would be the selling point? Um, their diamond di- diamond you can make, di- you can dynasty make, bullshit. You, you, you can scan your face on your on your career on your player. And no, it's the their game. diamond dynasty shit that that they always fucking love to play. That's it, really. That's all yeah. he invests in for. I mean, back he'll in the pay, day, he'll pay one hundred twenty dollars for that shit. I mean, back in the day when you got when the original SmackDown versus Raw games came out, it was the my GMs and the. The season mode where you had the wrestlers be voice acted, you one thing, and you get the actual crea- like creative storylines you go through. I used to sit there for hours on, and I swear to you, I was a stay-at-home dad mm-hmm. around that time, and I would be up to four, five, six, seven o'clock in the morning creating wrestlers. That's all I randomly would or just do. from the indies. No, anybody, fucking who, who, anybody from anywhere, like Christian, if anybody who's mm. an impact or team, I would make them. Um, uh, anybody, I would make anybody, mm. and I would just sit there. And sometimes I'll go online, look for their um, their, their modules and all that shit, how to make them, their, their 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 schemes and how to do it and all shit. And I would laugh because I would shift, you know, to coordinates and all that shit. I'm like, holy shit, he does look like holy fuck. <laughs> These motherfuckers <laughs> really got a lot of time on their hands. I used to do a Twitch stream of uh, 2K15, 2K15 mm. and I would uh, live stream. Oh, that was, the, that was the rough. That was wasn't the, that the, the first worst one? one? That was the rough one. It wasn't that good. That was when it went straight to next gen. Which one was the first, the ones for PS4? That was 15, right? Uh, oh, yeah. my God. Live streams of my uh, universe mode, right? And they would, be, they would watch me. I used to have like hundred people watching me at the time, and then they would give me their characters to put in the universe mode. So oh, so on. you were like you you were early in the game, like like for, for Twitch and all that yeah, shit. Doing good. They'll get like hundred viewers a day. The funny thing about that game, right? Which one? Was, the fifteen. The fifteen. It would be um, you did uh, like the my rise or my career mode, mm-hmm. and if you had a friend that was playing the game as well. You could, you could, they would you, be in your game. You could run into him in your. In but I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? All of a sudden, I'm over here doing a, a match, and all of a like sudden, you're randomly facing Corey Graves, Sami Zayn, and it's like, oh, your best friend. Oh, uh, who's your uh, next match? Millie Mike, and I'm like, who the fuck is this? And then I come to find out that it's one of my boys who's, who's hundred overall. It's like Millie Mike. I'm like, what the fuck? How did that happen? Hundred overall camp reverse. I used to get pissed because whenever Vicky would come out and talk shit, I'm like, get the fuck out of here, bitch. I'm just- in that game, bro. I used to play like uh, triple matches online with friends. We just double team them and just hit them with chairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I play online with Mark and Ray. I get my ass kicked all the time, but I do win a lot most of the time. How, but how do you? How was that? You get your ass kicked I, all the time. Well, well, we, we, we create our own uh, uh, CWs. So. I know. I know you had your own. Your own. Um, you, you guys had your own promotion at one time on there. MCW. Right? Yeah, Mikey. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was like Cassius owned up a Mikey. Oh yeah, turning heel on each other in the match. Mets fan Matt, Mark Mayhem. Nope. Ray Ramundo. That's where Ray Ramundo came from. So what do you what do you what what do you think is like the selling point for this? For me, I'm looking forward to how to control this because for the past couple of years, the controls have been has been either bad 
or just like not good. I'm looking for the way that they're talking about how the control is. Is now it's more of a combination. Look. You definitely need to yeah, do the. the you need yeah. to, you need to listen to YouTube is play the tutorial. Why? Oh, that's what they're saying, right? Yeah, that's that's the first thing you need to do because if you try go into the game and try to do the old controls, you're gonna be fucked. But it's so hyper, it, it's 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 con, um, contradictory as well because I've heard some of them say. Oh, you know, play the tutorial, but it's also a good pickup and play. I'm like, what the, what the fuck does that mean? But it's for, I guess, for beginners. But for us who've been playing the game, right. we need to learn the new controls. Oh, okay. So, so I, like a random can pick them up, and like if they play the tutorial, they can be like, okay. This is how you do it. But for us, it's like runs down this button and grapples this button now. What do you what what like now? I'm turned off by GM mode. I'm turned off by it. Yeah, After what I, I heard. soured on it. Yeah, I, I, I'm turned off by that. Right I like now, the way, I, don't like, I, I, I wish it was, it was like the old way, like 2006, 2007. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, I for years I didn't play my career. I didn't play it. Yeah, I, I started I, recently like it because they finally got the voice acting and right. you could do creative stories. But now, I think that for me that's one of the selling points of the game because. They said there's over 50 matches. You could possibly right. over 50. You do, you 50 could, it's women as well. 50 different matches you could do. Over 30 wrestlers been voice acted. And he says it's been cringe. Even in like NBA 2K, have you seen the stories in that game? Oh, God. It's oh. When you get the lazy NBA players to do some voice acting. Oh. Hey, young no, brother. No, the best part about it is that I... Hey, bro- young brother, make sure you pass me the rock. I uploaded okay. myself. I, I uploaded myself. Oh, oh I want... Do you ever, did you ever upload yourself? No, you were the white guy from the projects. <laughs> uh, that one year when, like, like in, in my career, where you're, where you're twitching. Yeah, because that's not that's not racial bias when you do that shit. Not at all. You were adopted from the projects. It's it's awkward when you play two K seventeen and you're in a black family and you're supposed. To, that's and, what I'm and, saying. And your sister's black. Yeah, exactly. And, you, and I'm just sitting there like, thanks, that's what I'm thanks, Spike. <laughs> the best thing about that is like they could have at least said, "I know you're my adopted brother." They should have said that. I know you're my adopted brother. No, now. the worst in those ones is the nicknames. Please welcome Frequency Vibrations. Who the fuck says this out loud? <laughs> the explanation for that name was hilarious. But when I saw the he, he was moving in the womb. I saw the frequency of your heartbeat. I was like, what the? Fuck? No, but you know where that comes from? There was actually a player that was um, from a New York City high school player back in the um, um, 90s. Ooh. His name was uh, Freak. Um, Scientific Mathematics. <laughs> that was his name, and that's where it came from. <laughs> oh my god! So, um, oh, there's there's two things I wanted to bring up that I think nobody noticed, but I found out recently that in the game now you can have ten man tags. Oh god! Oh, it's something I was not looking forward to. And yeah, right. You can now do Royal Rumbles in any arena. Is that gonna be? Is that gonna be uh, online? The ten man tags? No, they always do up to six. Oh God! Like, like a couple of years ago, they added eight, but now they added ten. So now you can, if you want to do it, once again, something that is so wasted. But it's nobody also like, asks for that. Like, nobody also, asks like, for that. I, I wonder, like, where's War Games? Like, why isn't War Games a match thing yet in this in this game? That'd be also kind of a plus, you know, plus of thought, um, you know, in game. Well, also, also if, um, the Royal Rumble, you can do that in any arena now. So if you can do that in the Mexico arena, the Japanese arena. We could do it in the gym. Yeah, like you mentioned, two, like you, you mentioned, two K nineteen. Those arenas are back, right? The to, like the to, the, ja, the Japan Dome, no, Ron, and the, the Raw SmackDown ones are there. And the uh, yeah, I like that they updated the arena. What was it? What was the name of the the promotion? Was it G- BCW? The, BCW. <laughs> <laughs> On our way up. 
I wonder if they. I wonder if they bring the. Um... Bro, I trolled Ray so fucking hard when that. When I was like, look at the promotion they do with BCW. He goes, shut up. I wonder if um, what you call it? If if they're gonna um, they're gonna bring back the same with that character. What's the character's name? The the promoter, the trainer, oh, your uh, agent, Baron Blade. Yeah. <laughs> Quinn. Yeah, I hope they bring them back. Even that, it's like, like, please welcome Buzz. Jesus Christ! (laughs) At least last year was like decent with Red and Trey. When you when you when you when you put in the game on, what are you gonna play first? Besides the exhibition and trying all that, what's the what's the mode you're gonna go do first? Uh, I'm gonna try out the Royal Rumble. See how that works out first, and then just play around with like the match gimmick, the gimmick matches. Mm I'm um I'm gonna probably do fucking showcase. I'm probably gonna go with Ray. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably gonna go. And also, Ray. I, I like the thing I like to do too is like when I first get the game and scroll to like, okay, who's the default teams? What's the default stats? Like that type of shit. Right. Because like because because if they're going off two years ago, I have to remember. Okay, what the fuck happened two years ago? Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke were a team. Oh yeah, that, okay, so they're gonna be a team here. Oh, you start breaking people up. Well, yeah, like make like make like my own teams or like like update <laughs> try to update it. <laughs> But, I would do but, that but, too. But then, but then when the new DLC comes in, it updates for me. I'm like, fuck, fuck you, <laughs> fucker. Wait, so you said how you know in the new showcase mode they're not gonna have you know the morphing of the faces. They're not gonna they're, they're fixing that stuff like, onto the taker and stuff. Right. Like they have a Charlotte showcase mode. Oh my god. How are they gonna change her plastic oh, surgery? Oh Jesus mode? Christ! The game's gonna break. Every, exactly. Every match, go boom. Every She's match, gonna look like Rick. Every match is gonna have a new face. <laughs> Gonna She's good. gonna morph into some other women that we don't know about. That's gonna be trouble. Oh. I, I hope there's no fucking glitch where it, if I try to take off T Bar's mask, there's just like a random generic face. It's not actually yeah. Dijak's face. Some of the girls' player models in the game. Oof. <laughs> Bailey. <laughs> no, they're not that bad though. But she's difficult to fucking morph because every she changes every time, her look almost every, every exactly month. every time they wanted a three D image of shit she looked different every time she went in. Think about how far back they go to scan everybody. They do this like once a year. Yeah, it's like yeesh. I think after that, I think after that. Oh, Dana Brooke had a problem with her since seventeen. Dana Brooke with the lips and the fucking face. Yeah. I remember in 17, it made fucking little kids cry when they looked at her okay, model. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. She looked like, um, uh, or some shit. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was, it was like Lily before Lily was born. Yeah, for real. Oh. <laughs> so I think this year I'm going to go my rise after that. After I do showcase, yeah. I think I'll do my rise because of course you, I'm going to be Seth Rollins disciple. I, I'll just be me. Also, you could also the female perspective too, if you want. Yeah, it could be the woman. Oh yeah, no Ronda Rousey either in this game. Yeah, Ronda got cut. Oh, Ronda's not. Ronda. No, she'll be a DLC. Yeah. She she'll be a DLC. Well, maybe she didn't get scanned. That's always the thing too. If you didn't get scanned, you're not in the game. Yeah, because you can't do the um, you can't use the old the old right. shit or whatever. Yeah, so, so guys like Braun Breaker, Carmel, like th- like those could be eligible to be in the game. I'll I'll also I'll also, also Gigi Doll and those that other girl J C Jane. I'll go into um, but, but that's it. That's the other thing. Like that toxic was, attraction might be was gonna, What I'm gonna lead into is the, um, the last thing I do is my universe because I'll get all the creative wrestlers, and by that time I've played all the other ones, I'm already good to go. Where it's like I could, and all the all the good motherfuckers out there right. will will make the solid shit. And I'm talking about a shout out, fu- shout yeah. out to them, shout out to them dumb creators, man. Yo, they are. Fucking the creators, and that they remember, you know, everybody's fucking moveset too. Yo, it's a fucking T. Oh, I love that. Uh, with my universe and my GM, is it the same game mode or is it different? 
Yeah. It's different. It's uh, different. Universe mode, you can actually for universe mode, they made it different where like you could choose one superstar and just play it straight up. But the thing is, like you could do that already. It's still the same shit that was in my game, right. basically. Just the finances and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just that. And but that's the thing my I wanted. Has, like a budget thing, like like five million. But that's what I wanted. I wanted right. to play that. Why couldn't they just include the, you know the matches from my universe and put them in? My yeah, but also with this one, it's like you can't have uh, the tag team titles. There's only one main title. Ooh, um. Check that for that. I still have 2006. We could, we could, we could bring it over. We just do that GM mode randomly on a Twitch stream. Stream it how? How do I? fucking let's get the geek. The geek will learn. He'll, he'll learn. <laughs> I'll do the geek. The geek will know how to stream it. We could do it that way. I've been playing. You know what? AJ the geek. You know what I've been playing now? Um, I went back and I started playing uh, uh, No Mercy. Oh, I, 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 I wish I had I bought the 64s right now, in my room. I'm right now playing Elden Ring right now. This shit's good. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I uh I like I said I I'm prepping myself for failure. I'm so, prepping myself uh, from to be like disappointed. hundred, your excitement level for two K twenty two is at a. I'm at a hundred still, but I'm prepping myself for disappointment because I know it's gonna <laughs> shoot down to sixty something. I know you're just waiting for it like, to try and go into like singles match and then the game be like nope, <laughs> just crash. I'm not even gonna listen. The first fucking day we're gonna get it, you know it's gonna be patch, 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 patch. Online's not gonna work. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when we come back, we're gonna have a conversation with Chris Cage from Project Codename Wrestling. Uh, you guys don't want to miss this. This is gonna be a real. Uh, Intense conversation. This is actually uh, one for Very. the ages, and um, I have to say honestly, I might want him to return. He was actually pretty good. It was fun. So, guys, don't go anywhere. Stick around. We will return. Check you guys in a sec. Woo! It's the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Woo! When I'm not styling that profile, and I'm listening to them boys on Turbuckle Tower. Follow them on Facebook. Instagram and on Twitter. And make sure you listen to them on all the podcasting outlets like iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and everything you listen to your podcast. Woo! The name. Is it something that we come up on our own? Is it something that happens when we're playing, you know, uh, creator wrestlers in 2K or uh, making our own wrestlers coming up? Is this something that we used in uh, in the indies or is that uh, promoters do it? Where would, we, where would we come up with a Chris Cage? Where does that name come from? Well, uh, for me, uh, it actually happened when I was 15 years old. It uh, came from 100% yours truly. It came from this creative brain. And from when I was about 11, 12 years old, I had the idea that I wanted to be a professional wrestler. It was what I wanted to pursue with my life. And I knew from a very young age that uh, finding my own identity that would set me apart from everyone around me was something I was going to have to develop. And not to be braggadocious, which I might uh, sound like I'm getting multiple times throughout this interview, 
uh, even at 15 years old, I felt like I was a little bit ahead of the curve and a little bit a step ahead of everyone around me, even my young friends and my young dreamers, and had a little bit of an idea of how I needed to approach the wrestling business, even before years before there was even a thought of going to wrestling camp or anything like that. So it absolutely came from me, and it was simply just me uh, sitting and trying to brainstorm with myself and my tag team partner, uh, and eventually it just, you know, throwing things around. was a fan of Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat. That might have had a little bit to play uh, into the decision, uh, thinking I was going to go along that route of, like, the Hollywood, the Hollywood starlet type of guy. Uh, which ended up not happening, but the name definitely stuck. It's a. Uh, I, I was thinking that same that st- same vein where the names are coming from. I was thinking like the old beat 'em up streets of uh, streets of rage or uh, uh, any of the uh, street fighters uh, or that kind of uh, ilk. I I I always think about if I were to had ever thought about going into wrestling, what would be the name that I chose, and and it it just never would have been something that was you know imposing to uh, to a name or a verb or or an inanimate object or something like that it always been would have been like something simple like jay martin or some shit like that i could right. <laughs> i could never put that i wanted to be like a, a dan fury or something i could never think of that but it, you said you know, that early on that that wrestling was your thing. Like, how did you know? Did did you not want to be a lawyer or anything else? Like, what was it? Uh, well, uh, I guess the entertainment bug was something that chewed at me since I was a very young age. I've always been since I was a young kid. I was a big music head and um, you know, big movie head. And when I was, you know, I would say before preteen, before the teenage years. I was under the impression that my dream was to be an actor. I thought I wanted to be an actor and uh, perform in comedy movies when I was a kid. I was kind of a class clown, so I thought my future lied somewhere in the world of comedy. Uh, and, I, and I'm and i sure it had to do with wanting a career that didn't feel like a real 9-to-5 job. Uh, but uh, when I was about 11 years old, uh, going on 12... I witnessed WrestleMania 12 and watched the Iron Man match between the Hitman Bret Hart and who was my favorite wrestler as a kid, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. And as I like to tell the story, when that match was over, there was something about watching the culmination of the story that was told of Shawn winning the championship after dreaming to be the world champion from 12 years old. I was at the same age. I was a hardcore, hardcore wrestling fan since I was two years old. Uh, and the, the moment just hit me in a way that, <laughs> you know, almost 20 years later, you know, however long 30 years later it was, I still haven't been able to recover from. I, you know, I always get that, especially guys of our age, we get that conversation. Uh, well, I, 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 w- I, w- I would say that I'm, I'm possibly a bit older than you. Um, uh, uh, we always have that, that, that debate on Brett, Sean, you know, it was a natural, it was a natural, um, rivalry that just 
just seem to mesh and go well. And when you hear stories of them really having heat and stuff, it just automatically uh, made sense. But what made you more of a Sean guy over a Brett guy? I think, uh, you know, it's funny, you, you know, you go back and you think about things in retrospect and in hindsight, and you start realizing things about yourself and about your experiences that you might not have had a grip on in the moment and when it was happening. And as a young kid, I was drawn to Sean, uh, ironically, after the turn on Marty Jannetty and the birth of the Heartbreak Kid, because uh, I didn't know it at the time, but I was very attracted to the, you know, the quote unquote heels or rule breakers of the business. At a very young age, I was very attracted to a heel, uh, late 80s Ric Flair. And uh, I was a very big fan of Mr. Perfect, Kerr Hennig in the early nineties. And that carried over into being a fan of Sean, which I don't know. I just always been. And I guess, uh, you know, it speaks to the type of performer that I became. I've always been a fan of the, uh, the brash, uh, braggadocious, uh, you know, performer that, you know, for lack of a better term, feels like he's above the competition around him. And it's just something, I don't know, maybe whether it's, something that you aspire to as a kid, you know, you see Ric Flair with the fancy clothes and all the girls and talking about cars and this, that, and it's, it's something that you naturally think to yourself, man, I wish I had all those things. And I just think that Sean was the natural progression of that. I, uh, I, I'm one of those uh, guys, you guys are checking in. We're, we're, we're sitting now with, uh, Chris Cage. He's, he's, he's uh, actually was, uh, brought to us by a friend of the show, TJ Marconi, who uh recommended him highly to to have a conversation with us on the show because I guess we um we are cut from the same cloth but with different scissors so it was a he figured it would be a great mesh to uh, have him on the show with us uh Project Code Name Wrestling is uh what we're what we're going to be discussing for um this conversation along with what uh Cage's uh thoughts about what's going on as well as other um other sides of him and uh coming up project wrestling is a I, I, project codename wrestling is something that i saw and was interested in immediately especially knowing that tj was a part of it as such we'll get to that in a second i just want to double back i um I, you mentioned that you're the um you were into the whole theatrical music kind of thing i remember um having ortiz from um proud and powerful on the show and he mentioned the same thing when he was in school that uh, theater was one of the things that helped them along in, uh, in, in wrestling. Were you ever trained in school? Did you ever think about going into stuff like that? Um, more along the lines, maybe going into, um, schooling for, for theater? Absolutely. Uh, up until the wrestling bug stuck its, uh, sunk its teeth into me, I, uh, I was pursuing the acting gig. I, uh, I did, I was a part of, uh, the number of drama clubs and, and acting, I was fortunate enough that the middle school that I attended offered an acting program, and uh, I was a part of it, you know, participated in a couple of school performances. But uh, by the time I got to high school, uh, wrestling had kind of taken over my entire consciousness. So I would say by the age of, uh, you know, 13, 14, the acting dream was kind of out the window, and it was full speed ahead onto wrestling. I did the same thing. I was in... Um... I was in theater for much of my schooling, even uh, 
found a way to get it in high school after a couple of years of uh attending school with uh homicide. <laughs> it's um yeah. Nice. Yeah, that tells you something. It's a we 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 cross paths from time to time and then we realized we went to the same school and it was like, yo, you know that motherfucker from so it was like, yeah. <laughs> so but um we uh, I I I got into it early on and I, it was always a drill. Was it just to get that feeling that the spotlight is on you, the attention, the the you know, if you're doing something on stage and the reaction of that crowd, is that is that something that was the big draw for you when it came to that early on? Uh, for me, I don't think so. For me, I think it was more of a it was more of an escape. Um, you know, I I come from a background. You know, I was I was born and raised in New York City, on the uh, the other side of the tracks. Let's just say product and, of, of uh, Spanish immigrants. That's right, product of Spanish immigrants. <laughs> you know, grew up uh, grew up with some struggles in life. So uh, the professional wrestling definitely uh, offered an escape from reality, um, so to speak. And being able to, because TJ will tell you himself that if there's one thing that I bring to the table, it's my creativity and my mind for the business. And it it's something that has always been my favorite part of the business. And everything from, like we talked about earlier, creating that persona and that character to putting a match together, to putting an entrance together, to even putting together something as simple as your ring attire is something that I very much get a lot of satisfaction from to the point that I've helped a lot of my you know, partners and you know, some guys that I help mentor uh, to do the same thing. I'm very much into the character development side of the wrestling business, which probably stems from my wanting to be an actor as a kid and always been uh, attracted to storytelling, which is why I'm a you know, big proponent of the old school style of wrestling. You know, I do my best to keep it alive, keep kayfabe alive. I know TJ does too. And, uh, and yeah, it's just something that I don't know if it was about performing in front of the people because truth be told, as a kid, I was... Uh, I had a little bit of the stage fright and I, and I was kind of shy and didn't come out of my shell until much later, but pro wrestling did allow me to come out of that show. And I don't think I would have been able to without it. Yeah, it it's um, I, that's why I wanted to draw the two together because, you know, and in either case, when you look at it, if you're on stage, uh, uh, you're performing or you're in the ring, either way, you're looking for a pop. And, uh, as, as a uh, as a thespian <laughs> through through the years, right. <laughs> I always I always looked for that pop. I I always wanted you know the lead. I always wanted to be center stage. If I if we were doing uh, uh, improv and we were doing whatever, I wanted to be in everything. I just I, that that was you know that was the horror of me. I needed that attention. Uh, it's funny that it never really transitioned because I never wanted to wrestle. I, I admire you guys who did. I had a lot of good friends and family who are um were into it uh, you might even know um i don't know if you, you, you come down to brooklyn it was where um uh homicide and uh red red and a lot of guys low-key came out of they came out of pedro's out of here in brooklyn and absolutely uh, and um that, it's funny because the family lived in my building so it was always around you know i would see pedro and, and his sons and all this shit and go like and they will always look at me and go, ah, yo, you, you want to wrestle? And I go, no, I'd rather, beat you, I'd rather beat you up for real, but I also want to be in theater. Um, when you, when you said the call happened, when you was ready to take it to the next level of wrestling, 
initially where 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 did you go to because you know at that time it wasn't really a lot of wrestling schools you know you had doghouse you know you had to go out uh to to go to places where did you initially start at well it's funny you mentioned the doghouse because the doghouse was my first exposure to actually um just to the the idea and the world of wrestling camp and the concept of independent wrestling, which, you know, up until I was a teenager, I really had no idea about. And uh, getting that, that's where I first got exposed to guys like Homicide and Red and a lot of these guys. Uh, it was the first time I got to get inside a ring. I remember going to the doghouse and me and a bunch of my friends, my backyard wrestling friends, renting the ring out for $10 a day and putting on little backyard wrestling matches while, you know, Homicide and a bunch of the of the actual pros used to sit around the ring and make fun of us and roast us and heckle us and make us feel like shit. But, uh, but we still used to go home super jazzed up just to be able to get in the ring and just to be around those guys was something that we took a lot of value in. But unfortunately for me and a lot of my friends, we didn't have the access to, like you mentioned, there weren't a lot of wrestling schools. We didn't have the access to, nor could a lot of us afford going to a wrestling school at the time. So backyard wrestling was the outlet for us for many years. And I would say that, uh, you know, you look back now and it's kind of crazy to think, but uh, me and a couple of my guys put almost 10 years into the backyard wrestling scene before almost accidentally being discovered by Joel Maximo of the SAT and being allowed to come and train with him at his school in 2011, which he had just opened up. And had it not been for that chance meeting, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. So uh, it was it was my trainer, Joel Maximo, coming across some videos on YouTube that were pointed out to him by a friend of his. And he said, hey, you got to look at these backyard wrestling kids. They're pretty awesome, but they're backyard wrestlers. And the rest is history. Ah, you know that Chamaco too? Oh my God, Joel, Kelvin, I know those fucking assholes. Absolutely, I was with them last weekend. <laughs> I know those uh, the funniest assholes. Kelvin. I love that guy. And uh, and yeah, man, you know, uh, if it wasn't if it wasn't for those guys, you know, yeah, know. backyard wrestling probably would have been the end of the road for me. My mouth. I um, uh, <laughs> I know them through my uh, my boy Angel wrestled for some time as well through um through SAT and through Red and uh, and all those guys and um. I remember when Lotus and all that was kicking off. And I remember that was like, uh, the same time where we saw the, uh, East Coast wrestling making, uh, a pop again, making an emergence again. You know, we had, um, ICW, uh, you had to go out to the sticks for NYWC and such, but then, right. you know, and you, you still do. And you still do. Yeah. It's still there. <laughs> But then, you know, now, now that, you know, we got House of Glory popping up. We have, um, now, like you guys, Project Genesis is going on and such. It's, it's, I'm happy to see the boom happen again, especially for the East Coast, because it's been a long time coming for it. And it's been a necessary need because we've been getting that, that, um, that fan base that's, you know, younger and they are, becoming more involved in the game. It's funny. You walk down the street and you see somebody with a bullet club shirt. You see somebody with an AEW shirt, you see somebody wearing a Roman Reigns shirt. And it's like a secret society that we all live in. You know, it's a, it's a little cult that we live in. That's it's, right. It's funny that you mentioned that you said that you're a guy who's a fan of the kayfabe, but a lot of these young guys, 
don't recognize it. They still want to talk the lingo around people. They still want to talk the slang. They, you know, they want, they, you know, you know, I want to work for this fed, you know, is this a shoot? It's like, yo, come on, stop. What, what's your thoughts about how it is this day and age with the new guys? Oh man, you're going to get me started. Uh, you know, I'll start it off by saying I think that's one of the bases behind uh, the relationship between me and TJ is that we have a shared uh, taste in the type of wrestling we like to consume, the type of wrestling we grew up as fans of, and the type of wrestling we still wish we could participate in, but like you just mentioned, is very, very rare these days. Uh, both in the way wrestling organizations like to present their product and and the way the performers themselves like to present themselves, you know, and I, I like to think, especially now, you know, I'm getting a little older, I'm getting a little perspective on things. And before I used to blame the guys, you know, and I used to blame the wrestlers themselves. And I used to say that the wrestling business is the way it is because it's the wrestlers fault and the way the wrestlers approach things, the fans will follow suit. And while I still believe that, now that I'm getting older, I'm giving a little bit more benefit of the doubt to the actual guys themselves because now that I'm a teacher and I mentor uh, some young guys coming up, I'm starting to learn that it's really not their fault. You know, you got these guys that think about it. We're in the year 2022. A lot of these guys are in their early 20s. Some guys in their late teens getting into the business. You got guys that at the year 2000, some of them weren't even born or they were toddlers or they were infants, you know, and they grew up with the ruthless aggression era. They grew up with the 2010s. They grew up in the modern era of wrestling. And unfortunately, that also means that they were trained, most of them, by guys that came up in the same era. Right, right. So a lot of these guys you see these days, you can't really fault them because unfortunately they're not being taught the proper way. You can't fault a guy for not taking value in kayfabe when his entire schooling experience kayfabe was not uh, explained to him or it was the importance of it was not taught to him or the word was never even mentioned to some of these kids. Some of these guys don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Excuse my language. If oh, I please. No, please. It's okay. You, you're allowed. This, like I said, free forum here. This is what we do here. <laughs> yeah, some of these kids, some of these kids, you talk about certain things, you break down certain things, you mention certain wrestlers to them, even going back to the 90s, you know, and they look at you like a deer in headlights. They don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I think that's the problem. I think the problem is in the schooling systems. You still got some schools out there that are valuable and teach kids the right way. But in a lot of situations, you don't. You got student, you got students teaching students. You got babies teaching babies. You got kids teaching kids. They come into the ring and they just want to emulate the match they saw last Wednesday. And they want to come up with a couple of moves that they could show off on their Instagram and in front of their friends to get a couple of likes. And they think they're gaining clout when they're really not. And then they go to shows that I'm on and TJ's on and shows that you pay money to go see. And they shit the bed and they embarrass themselves and they make people think this is what professional wrestling is. And they make guys like me embarrassed to introduce new people to professional wrestling because they're going to think that this is what this is when it's not. I, I I I admire and appreciate the fire and the vigor that you had when you said that because there's a lot of a lot of people a lot of people who don't appreciate the craft that it is for wrestling. Like I said, although I never you know really thought about going in between those ropes and, and handling business and doing what it is to do in there, you know, I've known guys in the business. I've taken a bump here and there. I know, you know, 
like I said, I'm a performer. I've I've watched. I know the choreography. I know the 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 way things are moved. I know how you guys do the, the things. Like if I was 20 years younger and I would have sat there and said, you know, let me give it a shot. I think I would have been okay because I've already been I was already nurtured and schooled in it. You know, and right. I, and I mentioned that because I look you you mentioned um how the guys are and I'm looking at it two spectrums. One spectrum I'm looking at is uh, a friend of the show who was recently on. We love him. Our, our boy, Dominic De Niro. Uh, great, into, great talent. Amazing in the ring. Came in late in the game for, for, for wrestling status. You know, he was an older guy coming in. He's I'm not, not to call him a bien or anything, but, you know, he, he came in later than a lot of guys would. He came in in a certain shape, and he worked on it. He he he, he honors it. He He talks about it as though that this is his livelihood. This is where he makes his bread and butter. This isn't um I'm out there for likes. I'm not out there for 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 streams. This is my right. this is my bread and butter. It also reminds me of um a young man who we lost uh too early. Uh, uh, another friend of the show passed away, Matt Travis, who was a young man. Love who, Matt Travis. Shout out to Matt Travis. And when he was on the show and whenever I spoke to him, he talked about it as though like if he was a fucking 20-year vet. He talked about it as though like you know, he understood what it is how to move around in the business and i hear a lot of guys talk the same way about him and you know there was times i would go to a show and i would try to like run into him so i could you know have a conversation see everything's okay with him how everything's going and he'll turn to me he was like yo yo chill because i don't want the i don't want i don't want my teachers to see me i don't want to cut i don't you know i don't want to break kayfabe you know what i mean it was good you know what i mean and that i, I respected that and there's a lot of guys like you said that don't understand that how is it that you get students now and you try to like I would have to say maybe um, I break them in or horn them in like you would do with a, an unbridled horse, like a, a, a untamed. How, how is it that you could at least try to uh, explain to them what it is that the business is about and really what how it helps to get you over like that? You know what I've I've learned that a lot of these kids coming up, they they love wrestling. You know, I, I make the example a lot. You know, we you got to love this thing. You got to be the biggest mark in the world to want to actually do this and put your body at risk the way we do. And one thing that I've learned is that a lot of these guys actually do want to learn. And a lot of these guys do want to be taught the right way. And when you actually explain it to them and you explain to them why something is done or something is put in the, the position that it's put in or a person is put in the position that they're put in at a specific time and you see the light go off in their head, you realize that if these kids were taught the right way if they were explained the right way if you know they were they 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 had promo classes they film study a little bit more the the business probably would be in a little bit of a better shape than it would be and the kids mindsets would be in a better shape than it would be. You mentioned Matt Travis before. Matt Travis was trained by Red. Red was trained in the old school style of way, much like I was. So the point is, is that, like you said, a lot of people talk about Matt Travis and the serious for the business, the seriousness for the business. One hundred percent right. The kid for being so young had an approach to this that there are guys in the business that are in that 10 year vets, 15 year vets, 20 year vets that they could have learned something from him. His passion was unmatched by so many of us and it was contagious and just being around him made you want to make more of an effort. And if we had more guys like that, uh, boy, things would be so much stronger. 
And Dominic De Niro, like you mentioned before, is another guy that takes the business very seriously. I see him being very successful down the line because he trains extremely hard. He takes everything he does super seriously, and he's very dedicated to learning and getting better every single day. And when you got that type of attitude and he's humble like he is, the sky's the limit for him. If he keeps pushing and he keeps working hard, there's no limit to where he can go. Yeah, I see I see guys like him. I see um uh Tristan, Tristan Ty, uh Gabriel, uh, you know, Gabriel Sky. I see those guys where they're putting in the work. They're they're, you know, they're, you know, uh, you know, the cliché terminology is paying your dues, but that's exactly what it is. They're taking right. the hot dogs and the handshakes when they have to, and they know when they're they're worth their money. They know what it is. Uh, a lot of these guys it's it's all about the views. And he, you know what's funny is that you mentioned earlier where your early beginnings came from, which was the backyard wrestling. Are we even doing that anymore? Kids aren't even doing that anymore. I think that um, they're they're finding that now. A lot of these a lot of with with the schools opening up, uh, not a lot of times now we're seeing that the um, the availability to take them in young to get the money is is the way to go because i don't really see a lot of uh backyard wrestling or such like that anymore sure you do you see it almost all the time on every indie show you watch (laughs) and that's exactly what i was talking about earlier the reason you don't see the influx of backyard wrestling like you might have 10 years ago is because all these backyard wrestling kids get together with their crew. They put their 10, $20 together to rent a ring for a, for a day. And they put their backyard wrestling shows on IWTV. And there you go. You got a new quote unquote indie fed. <laughs> you know what, when you put it in that, in that scope. Yeah, you're right. You are right. And it's, um, it's almost shameful, a shameless when you, when you get um, individuals who allow that to happen, it, it's almost as though like uh, you're a theater guy and you 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 open up Carnegie Hall or you open up Radio City to just um, uh, part time actors. Like you just you rent it to them for twenty. Bucks. It would be like it would be like renting Radio City off to a bunch of guys shooting a public access show. <laughs> Exactly. You, you nailed it on the head. And on, and unfortunately, a lot of what you see in indie wrestling is exactly that. It's a bunch of public access actors thinking that they're on law and order and they're not. When they are actually um uh basically doing a, a bad episode of Cop Rock or <laughs> whatever nice exactly. horrible uh police show was. Uh once again sitting here we're talking about boy Chris Cage and um upcoming project is coming here. Pro- project Genesis and um we'll we'll get to that in a second. I, and I'm like I said I'm eagerly excited. Project co- uh project codename um wrestling. Um what is it what is it that's happening with the business these days? Because like I mentioned earlier that a lot of times now that we're talking down to not even talking down to let me rephrase that we're i'm talking at the fan base now i'm not talking to wrestling i'm talking at the the the, the fans now like we're equals we are um we are we're we're in the same frame and it's 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 terrible because now we have the quote-unquote professionals who are doing this is this their means to say that i want you to like me and i want you to um to uh, uh, to accept me because we speak the same lingo? Well, I mean, I'm not saying that it can't be that. 
but I think uh, I think there's something to the uh, you know the, to the cliche that you hear a lot of the, that the wrestling business has evolved, and I think one of the factors in that is as a performer. Trust me, I know because I've experienced it, and uh, you know a lot of the young guys that I that I train with and I help, they're always looking for the next way to get a, another set of eyes on them and get that extra little bit of exposure. So I know that a large part of it has to do with the fact that the evolution of the business and social media, most importantly, because social media plays such a big part in everything we do. Uh, we've had to adapt and we've had to evolve in the way that we develop relationships with and connect with our fans. Uh, you know, back in the day, you were, you were almost a hundred percent dependent on being on television or being on some sort of platform that were going to get mass audiences eyes on you. But now with the power of YouTube, with the power of Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and all the other things that come along with that, Every single person that gets into the business, and it doesn't even have to be in the wrestling business, uh, has a free platform to make themselves famous, for lack of a better term. And one of the things that bothers me about the young generation is that they don't uh, um, take advantage of the platform as I think they should. You know, you got you got a billion uh, young wrestlers out here that don't use their Instagrams to, you know, to promote themselves, to cut promos, to promote the shows that they're on. Uh, and then you guys, the guys that do, like you mentioned, whether they be the professionals or not, a lot of these professionals, it comes down to money too. think about it, man. Hey, listen, if, if I can make a buck and some of these guys are making big bucks, sitting down and having conversations and going and, and, and connecting directly to their fans, uh, it's not a bad deal. You know what I'm saying? And it allows you to develop a connection with your audience that, the wrestlers that we grew up on never had the opportunity to. I mean, could you imagine if a guy like The Rock had Twitter in the 90s or, uh, you know, or Steve Austin or, uh, you know, or if they let the Iron Sheik be on Twitter in the 80s? You yeah, know what oh I'm saying? Goodness. It's 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 and it's it's funny. It's funny that that now, you know, the older statesmen, the elder statesmen, you guys are more in tune of the uh, the power of. In which social media does for you guys, but it's almost one of those things is like, are you, uh, are you, um, are you a day late or a dollar and a dollar short? Because now it's like, it's almost like out of your reach. If you would have known something like this would have been large 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the, 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 the immense popularity and growth that you could have had in whatever you wanted to do in the business. You know, it's the same thing in a podcast game. Like now, you know, I always tell people, you know, I show up late to the party, but when I turn, when I show up, I sure the fuck turn up. Like I, I let you know. And That's in this right. podcast game, I always say pound for pound, nobody can have conversations like I do. Nobody can have talks like I do. Nobody can have feedback and opinions that I do, but I won't get the rep and recognition for it because there's 10,000, 20,000 podcasts who think they're doing the same when they're not. They're diluting it. And I think that feel, I feel that it drops the same way when it comes to, um, wrestlers these days. Everybody's a carbon copy of themselves and no one wants Absolutely. to go out there and be an original. And that's the thing that's, um, that's hindering the, uh, uh, the, the product this day and age. Um, I, I, I just like to piggyback off of that real quick because you mentioned something with the, you know, everybody's kind of the same. There's a term that I like to throw around a lot in this cookie cutter. And, you know, if there's any wrestlers that are listening to me right now, 
if there's one piece of advice that I could give anybody is that whatever you got to do to be different and make yourself stand out, uh, above everybody, the crowd, the group of guys you're driving in the car with, or the guy standing next to you, do it, man. Cut those promos. Think about what you're going to wear. Wear those colorful, get those colorful costumes. Do whatever you got to do. A lot of these guys don't add creativity to what they do. And it's the thing that hurts the business the most. Is that the fear though? Is that the fear to be that different gimmick that, because everybody wants to put on, you know, the kick pads, Wants to put on the, the the basketball shorts or jeans or sweats, you know? Is it that? Is it because they're afraid of possible criticism, possible uh, um, negative feedback that they think they'll get? Because as you know, as we know, like you know, we, we keep going back to theater. It's 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 an art. It's an act. It's it's you know, say the performing. So you think that a lot of these young guys don't get that you know this is what it is. Especially when you got to go to different territories. When you got to go to different promotions, you know you're not going to be right. the same guy in every territory because they're going to the promoter's going to tell you now we got a guy who looks like that. I need you to go out there with half a chicken suit and go out there and perform. You going to do it? Absolutely, absolutely. So you see, but this is I think you you hit the nail exactly on the head, and I think it's the fear. And I think a lot of these young cats coming up today, unfortunately, these past maybe two generations of social media, I'm going to come back to social media playing a part in it. You know, we live in a world now that everything you do, every move you make is scrutinized, whether it be by the people you're close to or the people that don't know you or people that don't like you. And I think a lot of these guys come up with this fear because it's it's so much safer to put on the, the, the trunks and the kick pads that look like my 10 friends because I know when I walk into the group of those 10 friends, they're all going to accept me. But to be the guy that walks in with the flamboyant look and, and, and dresses different, talks different, carries himself different, and be labeled as possibly the guy that's an outcast or, or even worse, the guy that's full of himself or the guy that's too difficult to work with or the guy that got the dreaded bad attitude. A lot of the guys you notice trying to be different in the business usually get shunned because they're not, they're not trying to fit in. And the reason that they're getting shunned is because the business is full of, like we just mentioned, a whole bunch of cookie cutters. And it's no different than the mainstream media. It's no different than cancel culture. When you go against the grain, they're going to do whatever they can to suppress you. And the wrestling business has become the exact same way. These young wrestlers today, if you don't fit into their narrative, if you don't fit into the way they want the business to go, they're going to try to cancel your ass. And I give props to anybody that stands on their own two feet and tells everybody in the business to go fuck themselves because they're going to stand out. How is it that now that you being the elder statesman now works as a transitional period for you? Because now, you know, like you said, you 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 were in there, you've had you've had matches, you you've got uh, you've got the mileage, you got the ten thousand the ten thousand hours in. How is it now that you know, transitionally now you you're the mentoring figure, you're the guy who pulls the kid to the side and tells him, listen, you know, you need to know you need to slow it down in that ring. You t- you're going too fast. We don't we don't need you to, to to burn yourself out. You're getting gas too quickly. You know, how's it how has it been for you to, to to be that 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 position that 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 position in the locker room now to 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 talk them through it when you used to be that guy? I very much was that guy and I will I have no problem admitting that when I was young I had a be- a very big problem with authority. I wasn't that great at taking advice. I did think I knew it all. And uh, a lot of those things that I described a minute ago described to me as a young man. Now that I'm on the other side of things and, you know, even though, you know, I don't want anybody to think that I'm hanging it up anytime soon. I still got some juice left in the tank and there's still some things coming from yours truly soon. But uh, I have 
I have put a lot of my focus into mentoring a couple of young guys and trying to teach. And I love wrestling with every ounce of my existence. It dominates my consciousness. Uh, it's the thing that I love and want to participate in until I'm not here anymore. So it's very important to me that the future of the business is secure and it's safe. And the generation coming up and the generations that follow uh, give respect to those that came before them and to what came before them more specifically and and the mindset that came before them. And the one thing that I noticed is that, you know, when you when you nurture the guys right, when you explain things to them the right way, when you communicate things to them the right way and give them the proper encouragement and don't tear them down. But at the same time, don't don't coddle them and don't baby them because they don't need that. Uh, they start to get it. And I'm fortunate enough that I got a group of guys that I'm working with right now. Uh, you know, Dominic De Niro being one of them. Uh, I have a protege. His name is Dino, uh, who you're going to be hearing his name a lot more in the next year. I promise you uh, that got the right mindset. They got the head screwed on right. They do want to honor the old school mindset and way of doing things. They do want to pay their dues. And, you know, they do want to be recognized as legit pro wrestlers that came up the right way. The business is not full of that, unfortunately. And I'm of the opinion that, you know, some of the elder statesmen like myself could do a little better in filtering those who are a little more dedicated and serious uh, as to those who are not. But I could only speak for myself. And as far as as far as I'm concerned, if I'm in the mix and I have anything to say about it and I'm involved in whatever crop of guys we're trying to mold, you can guarantee they're going to be taught in the old school way. They're going to have the old school values. They're going to know to respect the business. They're going to know to respect kayfabe. They're going to know that being authentic and making the audience believe that there still might be a little bit of legitimacy in this is the only way to save this and for us to make some true money once again. Project Codename Wrestling. Where did this come from? Project Codename Wrestling came from exactly what I just finished telling you, baby. The, from, the, from the brainchild of TJ Marconi, myself, Astro Morales, a couple of others. You know, we've been around the game for a little while. And like you and me have gone back and forth, the wrestling business is not always presented in the way that guys like myself, TJ, even you, uh, may necessarily be a fan of. And... Opportunity came to us a couple of months ago to start this uh, new project, um, and we jumped on it because we've talked about presenting wrestling in a more traditional sense for a long time, and not only that, as you mentioned earlier, uh, the New York City and tri-state area in general used to be uh, a hot spot, and it used to be a destination for independent wrestling, and I personally feel that in the past 10 years, that may that may have fallen off a little bit, you know, uh, excluding House of Glory, who's always held it down and a couple of other places. But, you know, guys like Homicide, guys like the SAT, guys like Red, guys like, you know, uh, all these all the all the all the OGs, the Godfathers, the Hit Squad, Julius Smokes, Dan Moff, Monster Mac, all of these guys that came up and represented New York City, I felt like have not been represented in the past couple of decades or the past decade, should I say. And we very much want to bring that back. 
you know, uh, project codename wrestling is definitely going to pay respect to the OGs of, of our area and our territory. Uh, we hope to have, uh, a lot of them involved in the project and, uh, it's going to be a nice mix of the old school and the new school. And we're hoping that before it's all said and done, we could reinvigorate the tri-state area, bring traditional pro wrestling back to New York City and to New Jersey, and uh, most importantly, create a, a destination spot for both performers and fans alike. Chris Cage, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I hear a guy like him right now speaking, and, and like I said, I miss hearing that fire from a lot of guys you know it, 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 it i i i'm happy that when i have the show and i have guys like you who are on it it it, it gives me hope that the wrestling fan base will gravitate to that old school way of wrestling i miss the fact that you know guys didn't recognize that i miss the fact that guys didn't understand that this is why you became a fan of wrestling um but I also have to be a bit pessimistic here because we've seen a lot of companies come up and we lose you guys after maybe two shows. If that, no doubt. What what no um, doubt. what 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 is it that you you're looking forward to to help to push that forward to make sure that we we're not going to see a project codename wrestling go away so fast? It's not a, it's not just a blip on a radar. Well, uh, I would say the first and foremost thing and the most important is assembling the proper team. Uh, I'm proud to say that, you know, me and TJ have a game plan. Uh, we definitely, we definitely know what we want the project to be. We want, we know exactly how we want it to be presented and perceived by our audience and by, uh, the wrestling community as a whole. And, uh, and even beyond that is assembling the proper roster. You know, we've been kind of talking about it, this whole conversation, uh, you know, the performers that not only take the business seriously, but take themselves serious enough that they aspire to be something very big, whether it be contracted, signed to television, AEW, WWE, whatever these guys dream to do. We're looking to be a place that could nurture and uh, and help build these guys and give them a platform to show their stuff. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys I feel in the tri-state area that have the hunger, that have the talent, that have the passion, that may not have exactly gotten the platform to show their talents. We definitely want to be a place that allows them to do that. And the one thing that I got to say is I'm very confident because you're going to see in the next couple of months that we got a couple of young talents that a lot of the wrestling community are going to be talking about. You know, we talk about guys that don't take things seriously. I'm going to promise you right now we got that. You want to talk about guys that don't keep up kayfabe. I'm going to tell you right now we got that. We want to talk about earlier about these guys don't know how to cut promos. These guys don't know how to present their personalities and help us connect to them. And I'm promising you right now that we got that in spades between myself, between Marconi, between the crop of young guys tag teams, cruiserweights, young lions, the project will guaranteed be something different, something that the tri-state area has not had in quite some time. And in six months from now, you're not going to be asking where the project is. You're going to be asking, how do I get those tickets to the project? And your audience will be following suit. That's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what that New York City swag is for wrestling promotions. That's exactly what we need to hear over here at Tobacco Tabloid. Um, just be sure 
you remember us and start you know you know start sending that talent over here we want to book them we want to have the, the conversations with them on the show we want to have um especially those 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 guys that you have faith in the guys that you go to, you're going to be pushing for that promotion that they pass through the gates here and let the the listeners hear them out so that they could go out there and um support not only the promotion but them as well uh before i let you go you're an old school guy so i have to ask an old school guy as well um are there still ring rats out there? Uh, is there still like the ability to get some puss out there? Because I, I, for a podcaster, I'm like trying, and and, and like it, it ain't it ain't like it used to be for 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 anybody who you could say I'm part of media. It's zero, nil, none. Like, are there still ring rats out there? Well, I can't speak for the podcasting world. I'm not exactly sure how. But the I'm podcasting a wrestling podcaster. I could talk to myself with you guys. Like, I've stood at the bar. I look like I could have wrestled sometime in my life. I have that appeal. I'm a. I'm oh, a maybe bur- you're just hanging out with the wrong guys. That you're probably right, though. You're probably like I had a bunch of fucking twenty year olds who hanging around me, and and I would think that the white herb, like a suburban twenty year olds, would at least bring some kind of look this way. But it's not happening, man. Shit. But oh are, no, that's they- a blind leading the blind right there. <laughs> Uh, you know, like I said, I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a, I'm a man in my forties who you know st- who still holds himself well. You know, I could pass for thirty nine. Like, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> uh, are, are there are there still ring rats out there? I mean, listen, you know, <laughs> you talk to anybody in, in our age group, they're gonna say absolutely not. And even if they do. Like you mentioned before, it just ain't the same anymore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everything has evolved, and unfortunately, the uh, the the internet community, uh, the wrestling community, especially the fan base, has kind of shifted in the type of people you see at wrestling shows. You know, um, not to be disparaging, but you know, you've heard it before. Yeah. You know, the wrestling community is filled with a lot more of the, uh, you know, the Comic Con uh, video game, for lack of a better term, nerd culture, and it's just, it's just not. It doesn't have the same flavor. You know, people are not going to the wrestling events looking for the same things that they used to. So, and that includes the ladies. So, uh, to answer your question in one word, I would have to say no. Jesus, that's just. Sad. However, however, oh, okay. If you look, if you look hard enough, anything's possible. <laughs> you turn that, you turn that stone up, you might find a diamond under there. Possibly. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta squeeze the coal to get the diamond. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. God, that's a lot of pressure, man. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Chris Cage, everybody, guy. Let let everybody know what's upcoming, and uh, especially for what's up upcoming for you guys this weekend. What's going on? Listen, man, anybody that is listening, this Saturday night, March 5th, it's the debut of Project Codename Wrestling. We've dubbed it Project Codename Genesis. It is the beginning. We have a stacked card from top to bottom, hard-hitting action. I guarantee if you come through, you will not go home disappointed. We're going to be following it up in April, and then we're going to be following up that in June. And dates will be announced this Saturday after Genesis uh, goes off the air. So stay tuned for that. Hit up the project on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're all over the place. We're even on TikTok, baby, at Project Codename Wrestling. Look us up. I want to thank Turbuckle Tabloid for having us on. And I promise you that if you have us next week, I mean, next month coming up for the next show, I'll be shooting all these guys at you. I got a couple of guys that you're definitely going to like talking to. And people, you want pro wrestling back? Come and join the project. 
because it's the only way you're going to get it. My guy, thanks again for stopping in. And you definitely, definitely have earned your spot to where you will be uh, a regular to bring guys through here, man. Because like I said, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing more that we enjoy here and we admire more as a, uh, is, is individuals who still have that fire and love for the business and respect uh, the, the hundreds of, the hundred of years that we've been here doing it. So, uh, once again, thank you for, for checking in and much love to you. Uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, just want to talk to you quickly off, off mic. Guys, don't go anywhere. Stick around. We will return in a second. Turnbuckle tabloid. Three, two, one. Turnbuckle Tabloid.